0: We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars, but we won't. We're slowly learning that fact, and we're very, very pissed off. So if you hear something behind me that sounds like a jet engine about ready to take off, uh, that's because Miriam's doing a load of laundry. Hello, everybody. Uh, now, you, you, I know what you're saying. Wait a minute. Can't you just wait till the laundry is done? The answer is no, I cannot. Why can I not? Because I have limited time in order to record this podcast. Because I got myself a job. Yay! Job. And let me tell you, um, it's... It's way more draining than I remember work being. I, I mean, you know, work, you know, you come home from work, you're tired. Uh, this job, I come home, I'm like a zombie. Cause I love eating brains. That's the one thing about this job that's uh, really given me a taste for brains. Boy, howdy. I just, I'll just uh, open up a monkey head and just shovel them right in. No. Uh, I just, I'm, I, I don't want to think. I, I, I can't focus. I'm just a mess. And I, I think I know why. Now, wait a minute. Before we get carried away here, let's not get too excited. Let's not get carried away, which may be one of the dumbest expressions ever. I mean, if you really want to show your um, excitement about something, are you really going to get carried away? Are you going to be so excited about something that uh, you uh, they're going to have to uh, call uh, the guys with butterfly nets to grab you and put you in a straitjacket and carry away? Is that the level of excitement we're talking about? I mean, honestly, really, uh, I I a better expression would be, uh, hey, man, don't shit yourself, right? Because, uh, well, I mean... I know we don't usually shit ourselves in excitement, but, you know, fear of death? Okay, I'd call that excitement. I'd call almost dying exciting. Maybe you live such an exciting lifestyle that even that is considered blasé to you, but not me. I still find it exciting. And the reason why you shouldn't get carried away is because uh, it's only a uh, contract position, right? It's only three months. Uh, It is 40 hours a week, but it's only three months, possibly extended a little bit, Uh, but I'll just, I, I'll try to make this uh, brief, uh, but I want to give you the details a little bit of this gig. Um, there goes the jet engine. Uh, so you you can get a feeling for how weird the job market is right now. So, and, and mind you, I am doing this all sort of pieced together. Like, I don't, I don't know. I feel weird about asking, like... Why is this only a contract position? Why don't you need to fill that old guy's job? I just feel like I'm supposed to be there to work, and 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 it seems just sort of sad and pathetic if I start like, why isn't this a full time position? And like, I feel like I'm lobbying for the job, and it's it's not going to happen, right? Like, it's it's been very clear they they've been very upfront that this this is this job will not be forever, um, and but what's weird about it is it used to be somebody's job and then he quit. And then it seems like there were several months that went by and they kind of cut up his job to everybody, you know, within the department. And after a couple of months, people were sort of like, yeah, I'm kind of sick of doing this dude's job. I mean, aren't we going to hire somebody full time to replace him? And everybody said, well, no. Um, this is a support position, and we don't really have a support department within our department, so there are, you know, support divisions for the entire company, Uh, and we would like to pass this job. I don't think they actually want to pass this job off to them. I think they, structurally, I think they kind of have to pass the job off to them. But, of course, this is a new thing that this support division that supports the entire company would be doing so they don't really know what to do and they don't have anybody to really dedicate to this and so they have to figure out what the job is and who's going to do the job and maybe it'll be a new job and, and it's just and I think people just got frustrated after a while and they're like okay look we can't hire somebody full time to do this job but we can't keep making other people do this job because they've got their own things to do so we'll just hire a contractor for three months and then he'll do it which is insane because it will probably at least take me a month to really get the job you know, going, get an understanding the job. Um, but, uh, and so, you know, for there, so then it's only going to be really two months of me doing the job at my best capacity. And then they're going to get rid of me, and then they're going to get some other person in another part of the company, and then they're going to have to spend another whole month doing the training and getting it together and, and hopefully they get a good person because if they don't and they get some idiot, then it's going to be, okay, now we have to figure out how to get rid of that person and then we we'll get another new person and it's just going to be, it's going to be a disaster. So anyway, um, uh, more coming up about this job later on, foreshadowing that high school education, those English classes really paying off knowing what foreshadowing is. Actually, technically, I think foreshadowing is uh, not announcing foreshadowing. I think in order for it to be foreshadowing, it has to be sort of hinted at. You can't scream foreshadowing at somebody and have it still be foreshadowing. I mean, uh, maybe that's just more the uh, spirit of the of the definition rather than the letter of it, but I, I feel like that's, you know, a good part of it is uh, not announcing it with a, with a sledgehammer. Anyway, A few things before we get to today's topic. Yes, I actually have a topic again! Um, One is, uh, I have really been going back and looking at movies and things. um, You know, older movies, because now I'm I'm commuting again. And um, I I don't want to bring my big laptop, because they're very weird about, you know, uh, information piracy at this... um, uh, financial services company and I don't want to walk in there with my big laptop throw it down plug it in you know even if it's for charging purposes I don't really want to do that so um, I've been you know uh, bringing my netbook oh oh and I bought myself an iPhone wow this is this is big doings everybody. I mean, look, I had a virgin pay-as-you-go phone for a million years, and I was the last holdout, and why would I want a iPhone? Well, it's because at a financial service company, they don't want you looking at Facebook all day. And my back is up against the, the director's offices, so all they have to do is look up, and they'll be, like, seeing me, like, Facebooking, hey, how's everybody doing, blah, except they block Facebook, but you know what I mean? Like, this job, and I think this is one of the things about this job, is it I, it makes me mental because they're always checking in with me to say like, how you doing? You got enough work? You got things to do? Yeah. And I know that they're just trying to be like helpful to make, you know, to to make the most of my time, but it does put a little bit of pressure on me. I'm not going to say it's high stress, but there's a little bit of pressure to be like, I gotta be doing something. I gotta be doing something. I gotta create. I gotta generate. I gotta go. And and you know, I think by four o'clock, all of that uh, kind of grinds me down a little bit. And I'm just like, uh, which is what my brain is doing. Anyway, uh, I've been looking at some old movies. So I, I've um, uh, the great uh, free program Handbrake will take um, any file that you want, any video file, and um, sort of crush it and and manipulate it and make it so you can use it for other devices. So I've been taking um, movies, and uh, I got a couple on my iPhone. So I just watched The Blues Brothers. The Blues Brothers is a crazy movie. Like, I've heard a couple of people say, like, Blues Brothers, my favorite movie of all time. I have a guess. Now, mind you, these are all people who are my age, and, um, oh, oh, okay, we'll get to that, um, we'll get to my age in a second, but I get the feeling that, you know, they saw this movie, so the movie came out in, I think, 79, and they probably saw it when they were 9, 10, 11, 12, something around in there, and they thought it was amazing, because, I mean, it's a really crazy movie, there's tons of car chases, and big production numbers, and, and why, oh my god, you talk about Saturday Night Live sketches, that you never, ever in a million years thought could be a movie, whether it's uh, Wayne's World or uh, The Lady's Man or Pat. The Blues Brothers, mind you, remember, going back, never actually a sketch. It was never a sketch. It was a song. And uh, Belushi, you know, they would... He would come out, he'd do like a somersault, he'd fall on his ass, he'd get up, uh, Dan Aykroyd would be playing harmonica, and it was a song, that's it. And it was some, you know, tired-ass retread of some old R&B song from, you know, 20 years prior. But that's all it was. And yet they managed to turn this into a movie. This movie is ridiculous. And on some level, you have to... Uh, give them credit for their ridiculousness. And, you know, the, but, but who gave them this budget? I mean, there's obvious, you know, this is way before, um, you know, CGI was cheap and mainstream. So, you know, they're doing all of this stuff for real. Like, um, all the enormous car chases and, and just crowd sequences with tons and tons of extras and just, just the amount of work that went into this movie for something that was never a sketch just is mind-blowing. But, you know, the the motivations of every single character in this movie doesn't make any sense at all. At one point, um, one of the bad guys drives off the end of an unfinished uh, freeway and rather than just have the car drop, you know, 40 feet, you know, and land in the sidewalk, just inexplicably, the director said, no, 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 let's drop the car out of like a helicopter or a plane or something. And it will free fall like a mile through the Chicago skyline into the ground. It doesn't make any sense. There's and and then and 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 this genre of movie doesn't even make any sense. It's like an action musical comedy, right? There's a ton of car chases. Um everywhere they go on their quest, they run into some uh legendary Motown soul singer, Ray Charles, James Brown, Aretha Franklin, Brown. Um, and they do a number, and then there's this big choreographed dance sequence, and it's just, what is this movie? Uh, and I have to say, unfortunately, it's not as good as everybody says. Sorry. Sorry if you like it, but, um, you know, go back. Go back and watch it, and you'll agree with me. It's not as good as you think it is. So, that being said, oh, and... Um, I'm also watching um, the second Indiana Jones movie, uh, The Temple of Doom. And I have to say, one of the things, I'm not finished with it yet, but I'm really stunned how not annoying Short Round is. If you remember the movie, uh, Short Round is the young Asian boy uh, that Indiana um, has sex with because uh, Kate Capshaw is just too damn annoying in the movie. What were they thinking, by the way, with the Kate Capshaw? I mean, like, the first Indiana Jones movie came out and um, they said, oh, Karen Allen, she's this great, strong female character. Um, Let's, with the second movie, let's just uh, take that element that everybody really, really loved and do the opposite of having a shrill, shrieking, uh, weak feeble heroine character, because that'll be good. Why don't we just take the thing that everybody really liked about the movie and not do that, and and actually just do the opposite, and as far away from the good as possible, right? Like, you know, Karen Allen's character, uh, you know, she was hard drinking and fighting and all this stuff. Look, they didn't have to do that again. They could have softened her a little bit, but but Kate Capshaw is is... As girly and prissy and, and annoying as Karen Allen was tough. Now, I don't remember if Steven Spielberg was married to Kate Capshaw at this moment, you know, when they made this movie, which is why he said, we should put her in this movie. Or, what I'd really rather believe is that he met Kate Capshaw and he was, had, uh, his boner was clouding his good judgment and said, ah. Oh, You know, because Steven Spielberg, mind you, still has his brains intact. George Lucas, on the other hand, does not. Now, both of these dudes worked on all the Indiana Jones movies, as far as I know, and Spielberg might have temporarily lost his mind because he wanted to bone down on Kate Capshaw so amazingly badly that it made him generate probably one of the worst film choices he's ever made. And that, you know, he's made a lot of movies. And speaking of strong women, I've been watching a lot of Thundar the Barbarian, which was an old uh, cartoon from the 70s uh, that I grew up on. Boy, is that... I mean, it's not, it's not great writing, don't get me wrong, but it is amazingly dark for a kid's cartoon. I mean... It's it's these three people, and they're riding around on this barren wasteland planet that got trashed when uh, the moon split in half. I don't really quite understand, uh, and just uh, the uh, technology changed, everything changed, uh, people became sorcerers. I don't really understand why. They don't explain it, but... Clearly, they were riding high on the Conan the Barbarian sort of idea because, like, all the sorcerers are evil. Um, uh, You know, he's got uh, an animal sidekick and uh, uh, a female sorceress. Why isn't she bad? But anyway, she kicks a fair amount of ass, too. She's actually more of an ass-kicker than Thundar. Uh, it's just that, um, you know, she's more level-headed and less impetuous than he is. So he seems like he can kick some ass, which he does. Don't get me wrong. But uh, if he just took two seconds and made a little bit of a strategy or something, he'd do a lot better. And uh, But she's, she's super powerful. And again very progressive, you know, like, there were not a lot of female heroines in the 70s. Oh, and getting back to the Blues Brothers for a second, you know, one of the things that the Blues Brothers suffers from is that uh, we've all heard all of the songs that they play in the Blues Brothers too many times, right? You know, I don't want to hear Think by Aretha Franklin again. I don't want to hear, uh, there's a, a couple of tired old, um, Uh, R&B tunes that the Blues Brothers break out You know, when they're performing That we've all heard too many times And back in the 70s You know, an R&B band was actually kind of a novel thing Because they were steeped uh, Knee deep in the hoopla of disco By the way um, uh, We Built This City on Rock and Roll Was uh, rated by, I think, uh, Rolling Stone Magazine As the worst uh, song of all time I admit it's terrible But I will always, always say Stacy Q's Two of Hearts is worse. So, for those of you who know me, I don't let go of things easily. Or quickly. Or at all. So, I woke up uh, lately, uh, the other day, with um, Nick Hornby... Uh, I, I did. I'm sure I've done this on one of the other podcasts where uh, Nick Hornby uh, yelled at me in front of an entire book signing about how I screwed up his name, right? And then a couple of months ago, he uh, Jesse had him on the uh, uh, Sound of Young America uh, and almost messed up his name. And yet again, and he didn't even mess up his name. Almost messed up his name, and Hornby yelled at him. And it's just like. You know, for all those people who say to me, oh, you need to get over it. You need to get over it. So what he yelled at you, you need to get over it. You know what, Nick Hornby, you need to get over it, right? Who among us hasn't had our name butchered, right? I've got the easiest name known to man, Alan Holm. You wouldn't believe how many times it's been mispronounced, misspelled. Hell, I talk to people on the phone. They think I'm a woman, I'm not yelling at them every time they call me ma'am. I just roll with it. Okay, now mind you, deep inside, it bothers me, but I'm not going to humiliate somebody, especially in public, especially in front of a whole group of people or on your own radio show because I'm so tweaked out about this, right? I understand. Hey, it sucks. It'd be nice if you could just get my name right. Seems pretty simple. But you didn't. Okay, let's move on. I've had people call me the wrong name all the time because they just remembered it wrong. I, I don't even correct them. I'm just like, hey, okay. You want to call me Steve? Call me Steve. I don't care. Let's go with it. But Hornby, really, you need to get over it. Okay, today's topic. This is the episode, you know, because I've always tried to keep uh, the UGTV.org website very, very separate from people I work with. Because, you know, I want to be able to say whatever I want and, you know, just be as crude or as crass as I want and just, you know, be free, right? That's why I don't tell my family. I don't tell my coworkers, And I understand I could probably promote it a whole lot better if I did, but that's the line in the sand I got to draw. Well, this is the episode where if any of those coworkers heard it, this, this, is, this is the episode. This is the reason why I don't tell people about this is because of this episode. So one of the things I've been thinking about is, uh, and I think I've, I've talked about this before, is the Sex and the City movies. And more than the movies, the TV shows, right? I finally figured out why they exist, why they are popular, because they're not well-written shows, it's because women want to feel like they are hanging out with their friends, right? Now, what's w- interesting about this is those four women in Sex and the City would never be friends, right? Like, uh, Miriam, she's got friends kind of like that, but nobody's, no no woman is, unless you're Margaret Cho, is as horny as the... Um, Oh, the, sh- the chick from Mannequin and A Big Trouble in Little China, whatever her name is. Uh, it's just ridiculous, right? And-, and Miriam has some friends that are kind of like those other people in it, but guess what? They don't like each other. Yeah, like, you know, and it sucks. It sucks when all your friends don't get along, but there are friends that she has where it's like, they just don't like the other one. And so she has to be conscious of that, and they can't all hang out together, and... You know, that's just the way it goes, so deal with it. But, which makes this whole Sex in the City thing even stranger, because you're not really hanging out with your friends, because you wouldn't be friends with all those four idiots. It's almost like you're hanging out with somebody else's friends. But that's, like, community enough for you, right? Like, I like to watch TV shows where I can relate to the main character, but women seem to like shows where they can relate to a group of women. I still don't quite understand this. And the same thing goes with The View, right? The View, they all talk over each other. They can't, you can't, there's no way any of them are listening to each other. Uh, there's no way the, the viewer at home can pay attention to anything anybody's saying when they all start talking over each other. And yet, that show has been on the air for a million years. And look, there's no reason for this anymore. We, DVRs are readily available. I, I understand it's a little bit of extra money, but if you can afford cable television, you can afford a DVR. I mean, it's only like 10 bucks a month on top of your cable bill, right? So there's no reason not to. And there's no reason to watch this crappy TV anymore. Because DVR, you just set it up. And whenever you want to watch TV, the good stuff is there for you. You don't have to watch The View because it's 2.30 in the afternoon and you're doing laundry and there's nothing else on. There's, there's always something else on with a DVR. Now, I can't believe there are so many people in the country who are not getting satellite or cable or something, Right? I mean, are there, are there so many people in the world that are just settling for their, you know, three major networks? I can't, I can't believe that The View can stay on with such shitty numbers. But anyway, I'm getting, I'm getting distracted. Look, this is the thing that, that I think men have a lot of problems trying to figure out about women is this sense of community that women have. Men don't have that <laughs> men are singular they're they 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 like they enjoy other guys they like hanging out with them but they don't make a point of it and they certainly aren't gonna watch a tv show with a bunch of women yelling at each other just because there is a community of women i mean they tried that same show this is how dumb tv people are they don't understand like you know the, women, the reason women like The View is because they feel like they're with a group of women and there's a sense of community. And they tried the exact same show with uh, dudes. It was like Dick Clark and um, uh, Danny Bonaducci, And it was called The Other Half. And there were two other guys, um, I, you know, and I, who cares who they are. And that show failed miserably because guys don't care. We don't want to see a bunch of other dudes unless they're doing something. Right, Like, we'll watch a bunch of dudes, but they gotta be, you know, uh, ice fishing, or, oh, not ice fishing, that's boring, I meant like, uh, ice fishing, but with your hands, or I don't know, something. This is all, you know, you gotta be um, ultimate fighting, you know, something, something has to be going on, it can't just be sitting around gabbing. And speaking of not thinking about what you're doing, women's colleges that's right. I'm, I'm, I'm really going to just, if that first, if you're a woman and that first bit didn't piss you off, I'm, I'm not done yet. You've got, I'm d- determined to piss you off uh, by the end of this. Women's colleges. So I knew somebody who went to a woman's college and I can't remember how it came up. Um, but uh, I said, that's stupid. No, uh, I said, uh, I hate, I hate it when people do that. Like when they're kidding and they go, no, yeah, we know you're kidding. You don't need to say no, and I did it, and i and I feel dirty because of it. But she said that women, was, oh, what was it? It was something like women feel intimidated in classrooms uh, because they're dudes around or something, and so they're less likely to ask questions. Okay, so what's a woman's college going to do for you? It's going to teach you how to ask questions? Is it going to teach you to be less intimidated? Is it going to raise your self-esteem? By the way, if they had a class in that, how to raise your self-esteem, that would be awesome. Every college should have this. Every college should be just a whole class of just a teacher getting up and going, you know, we all go through... Dot dot dot. We all it all happens to all of us. You're not the only one. Don't worry about it. You know we we all should we all should have a class like that. But here's the problem with the women's colleges is I really don't think they're doing it and and it doesn't prepare you for the real world. Right? Like okay, you're in a class with all women and you don't feel intimidated by men. So is that the way it's gonna be for the rest of your life? I mean. You know, it's, it's not, I mean, there's going to be men out there. They're going to be different than you. They're going to have different styles and strategies in the way of acting. And by the way, I mean, I met my lovely wife celebrating 15 years yesterday, me and the lovely wife, in college. Well, I mean, that's, that's the best thing that college taught me was here are girls they are not as judgmental and lame as they were in high school. Give it a shot. If it doesn't work out, you might not see each other next semester unless you're living together in the dorms. And, and, and you know, I, I don't know how I could meet anybody outside of college, right? I'd have to go to a master's program. Oh, sweet, dear God. What, what torment that would be. Because I was, I was really excited to get out of school. I was tired of school. You know, school is just just being judged and harangued constantly by you know homework and teachers and just enough get me out of here. But yeah, you know, you go to an all girls college where you're supposed to meet dudes, right? Like unless there's another college next door, like there is in the Claremont Colleges in Southern California, but up in uh, Oakland where Mills College is. I don't think there's a dude's college where they have mixers and socializers. And still, still, I'm the kind of guy that needs to break you down, right? Like, it's not going to do me any good to see you once every four months. Uh Uh-uh. I need daily, just mental abuse to wear you down to the point you would actually date me. So women's colleges, pretty much a waste of time, right? Totally unrealistic, you're actually doing yourself a disservice because the longer you're exposed to different groups, the, more you, the better chance you have of understanding them. Isolating yourself does not get you anywhere any faster. It just delays the reality, the inevitable truth. And let's stop this monkey business right now about... Um, the, the tired old platitude of, uh, oh, well, if a man did that uh, in business, he would just be called aggressive, but a women, woman does it, and she's a bitch. No, no. Men who act like that are assholes, and women who act like that are bitches. We just have different names for them, but we don't like them any better, okay? I don't know what man you've met that um, shits on people, and you're like, ah, that's fine. I'm cool with that. Good for you, buddy. No, no, they're dicks. They're dicks, they're assholes, they're pricks, whatever you want to call them. We still call them that. You know, the the greatest senior vice president I ever worked for was a woman. She was nice. She was well-respected. She was tough. There was no monkey business with her. You know, she she knew what she wanted. She was gonna get it. She could stick the screws to you occasionally. And she was great. So just 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 stop it, ladies. Of course, you're not listening to this anymore. So dudes you just tell those women (laughs) yeah really now I'm spreading my 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 virus upon you like to so I can get every all women to hate you look just tell them stop it okay so uh, just as a side note about business you know a lot of people say like oh we should run this country like a business because blah, blah 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 there'd be less waste there'd be you know a better financial management and all this stuff bad news for you everybody this country is run like a business. Or I should say, this our businesses are run like a country, right? Because if you see, like the last place I worked, not the new job, but the previous job, if you looked at the vice presidents, these were all people who did not rock the boat, right? These people kissed ass. They, were, they didn't take on any projects that, that, that didn't advance their career. They didn't act in the best interest of the company they acted in the best interest of themselves and a lot of and and all the politicians are doing the same thing they don't act in the best interest of the country they ask what's what will get them reelected and that's not rocking the boat that's not voting for crazy shit right it's just and the republicans right now they are the king of i do not care what it is if the democrats want it we tell them no And so it makes it look like the Democrats aren't doing anything. This is how they stay in power. They're not in it for the best interest of the country. They're in it for themselves. And the only people who rise up to that level of vice president or congressman or whatever are those people who have that mindset. Because if you really want to do something, you never get there, right? Like the people, like, you know, in my job, we're the people who really want to do something and we get stuff done, now, mind you, we irritate a bunch of people along the way, but we get stuff done, and it's for the best of the company. Back to today's topic. Okay, so here's the thing that really made me want to do this topic, which is, um, I so I, I, I took on the new job, and... It's very, very similar to the previous job. Now, the two jo- here are the two jobs. One was working for an, adver- an internal advertising agency in a major retail corporation. The new job is working at an advertising agency, an internal advertising agency for a major financial institution. Essentially both advertising. Now, the retail one, it was a great place to work. Very nice. People very cool the advertising really not that inspired, right? Like, I mean, when I say advertising, I mean like the day in, day out, uh, and newspaper, magazine, not not a magazine. Yeah, and a little bit of magazine, but newspapers, uh, stuff that gets put in your mailbox, you know, and it's mostly just a grid with a little picture in it, little description at the bottom. Not the best, not the most interesting. The financial institution, on the other hand, that advertising is a lot more creative. It's a lot more interesting to even look at. Now, you would think, wow, that's strange, a you know, financial institution. Well, that's just the way it goes. And I think it's because they have more long-term needs. I mean, they're not advertising a sale like we were at retail. They're advertising, you know, uh, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? How are you going to have enough money to succeed and not be eating, you know, dog food as you get old? So um, they can tailor their advertising to be more interesting because they're not like, buy this thing at this price, two days only, let's go. So, but here's what's crazy, is two almost identical environments in terms of their structure. We have, you know, both have art directors, both have copywriters, uh, both, you know, situations very similar. Retail? A ton of hot chicks, financial services, no hot chicks. Now, to be fair, one, one hot chick in the financial services group. Okay, so she's like, and she's not even that hot. She's like a seven. Her personality kind of blows too. So might knock her down to like six and a half. So we got a six and a half, a couple of sixes, mostly fives, and some fours. Retail, yeah, you know, a fair smatter. I'd say even a fair smattering of even eights, and then you know, a fair smattering of sevens and some sixes and some fives. Sure, the retarded male woman, I would say, was maybe a four or a three. But you know, I mean, we had a, a good smattering of folks in the advertising. And what's even crazier is most of the hot chicks in. Um, the advertising and the retail were not even in the artistic part. They were more, you know, marketing directors and um, a business analysts and those people and uh, media buyers, right? So, and, and I've been racking my brain. Since I came up with this realization, since I got this new job two weeks ago, um, I've, been, I've been really trying to figure out why this is. And my original theory was, well, uh, a lot of them started in the buying offices, right? Because, you know, hey, man, you know, that I, I could see for a lot of fashion people like the buyer, like that's the job you want to have. And, and honestly, that's what everybody thinks. And that's why the buying office is insanely competitive, right? Like, this is why it angered so many people when Rachel on Friends just bumped into some dude who worked for uh, Ralph Lauren, and he just like, here, here's a buying office job. And she's like, oh, and no, uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh, there is a hierarchy, there is a, you know, way you progress through it, it's not like you just walk into this job and, hello, I'm here, and It is ruthless. So, obviously, we got a lot, uh, not even a lot, not even a lot. This is where my theory falls apart. We didn't even get that many hot chicks who were from the buying office. I'd say we got, you know, maybe three out of 186 people, right? And, uh, you know, and and, and between the two companies, I would say the ratios between men and women are the same. Uh, Mind mind you, we got a couple of, uh, you know, Fashion Institute design women, in the retail section, of course, that you're not going to get in financial services. So here's the here's the crazy part, though, is you would think what you're doing for the, a job, who you're working for in terms of what you are producing, would not really be that important, right? Certainly not that important for me. I just want to work for a company. What What I am doing, way more important than... Uh, who I am doing it for? Now, mind you, I don't really want to work for you know a tobacco company or a uh, you know the arms dealer. What are those guys? The defense contractors. But um, you know what? It's more about what I'm doing. So, like, am I doing you know tech support or am I doing you know and and sort of the environment? And is this crazy? And is this you know hectic? You know, it, it just. I don't care that I'm working for a financial services company. Sure, they've locked down Facebook. I can't get to it. But other than that, I don't care. And yet, it seems like the hot chicks care, right? Like the hot chicks like working for a retail fashion company. Fashion company? Clothing company. And I don't know why. I mean, the pay is way worse. The, the work you're doing is far less creative uh, it just, it doesn't make any sense. Now, maybe, and a lot of these women were women that had been there a few years. It wasn't like this was their first job. And why, why wouldn't the hot chicks leave this after like a year and be like, screw this noise, I'm going someplace else that pays way better than this? Especially when you realize that you're not doing anything that influences how, you know, which clothes are being sold or or anything. It's just, and we all know that hot chicks get more jobs than the non-hot chicks, right? I mean, that's just that's just the way it goes. They've done tons of research on it, and honestly, if it was me and I was a hiring manager, and I had the choice between, you know, both equally qualified, uh, and I had the choice between the hot chick and the non-hot chick. Of course I'm going to pick the hot chick. I mean, it's an extra benefit. You get, hey, there's a hot chick. Brightens your day. Puts a spring in your step. Hot chick at work. I mean, look at the, look at the story that they had recently with the New York Jets. They went insane over this uh, uh, Mexican TV sports reporter who showed up at their practices. They lost their minds. Now, mind you, of course... This is this is probably a case against having a hot chick at work, um, but I'm just saying it it changes you. It, it makes it brightens your day. It's like having nice artwork on the wall. I understand this sounds like objectification, and it is. But I'm just telling you the reality of it is that when you see beautiful things at work, whether it's a person or um, flowers or artwork, it's just nicer. Would, would you rather have your office painted a nice, rosy, fun color with a mural on the wall, or would you like it painted industrial gray? Come on! I'm not saying anything crazy. Even though I happen to be crazy, that's not the point. All right, well, I think I've done enough offending for one day. Um, oh, before I go, I should just uh, mention that it is my birthday. Uh, well, we're, we're having the big party for my birthday tonight. I'm going to try not to get too drunk, but you know how I get. I just start drinking. Uh, And then, um, but my real birthday is uh, on the 19th. And I'm looking forward. I'm actually looking forward to working on my birthday this year. I've always tried to take it off. But um, one of the things that I was really scared about was not having a job on my birthday. Um, So it's nice because it actually, like everything's kind of all sort of worked out a little bit, you know, I didn't want to have that cough on my birthday. And now that we've sort of figured out what it is, I can sort of take some medication to get that under control. And I was worried about being unemployed, but I have a job for now. And I take comfort in that. Oh, and this job pays really well, too. It's the best paying job I've ever had. That makes me also want to work on my birthday, because if I don't work, I don't get paid. And that's, you know, and that's not everything, but still, it's. I kind of like this idea of working on my birthday. So, I've offended enough people for today. I'm going to go relax. So for me, for Tyler Durden, for all you lovely ladies out there, for the music of Bright Brown, let's do this one more time. Until then...